One of crypto's key foundations is its focus on community. Decentralized and developed through community activity, people working together towards a common goal is core to the spirit of crypto. Today, you'll meet Jason Brink, a.k.a. Bitbender, a crypto evangelist who's worked on projects such as Redcoin, Verge, and XPCoin. You'll discover how communities create cryptos and build the future together. Some have suggested that we aren't as bad as we say we are. Well, those people would be wrong, but we're okay with it. So welcome to episode number 145 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. They say we're bad, and they'd be right. They are right. Because we're, we're bad. <laughs> but we're not that bad. I mean, we're not bad guys. No, we're, we're good saying, guys. Gosh, so rude of them to say we're bad like that. Like, sometimes it makes it sound like they're saying that we're bad guys, and we're not. No, and, you know, there's some people that see bad crypto podcasts. Does that mean they're talking about crypto that's bad? Uh, no, it's not that either. Come on. You got to get with the vibe of the show we're just two dudes talking crypto and we love talking crypto and blockchain but we don't pretend like we know what we're talking about even part of the time let alone all of the time we're learning well i talk about it like i know about it that's okay you can do that i do not learning feel it's one of those stacking skills things I, i mean now we've been doing this show now for almost a whole year and then all the research that i've done in before that i mean it's like at this point, I would say I'm pretty versed in it. I mean, I couldn't build a blockchain because I don't have that coding skills. But when it comes to identifying, you know, projects that are pretty solid, doing cool stuff on blockchain and talking about the blockchain, I think we're pretty proficient at this point. I mean, but we still keep it. We still like to keep it on the level uh, to help people understand it because it's a very complex thing. And there's a, there's still a lot of things in this topic that we're not you know, experts in by any stretch of the imaginations. But I would say we got a pretty good grasp on it at this point. If not, well, does that mean, does that, (laughs) the sucky crypto podcast, does that mean that, you know, at some point we're going to have to change the name to the not so bad or okay or halfway decent crypto podcast? Halfway decent crypto podcast. Yeah, it's got a pretty good ring to it. That's not bad. You know, there's a couple of reviews that came in on uh, iTunes, five-star reviews, and one of them just says, bad, these financial advisors are horrible. And that was <laughs> FTW Potter. <laughs> so, I like that. Especially since we're not, I mean, if we were financial advisors, we'd be horrible financial advisors. But, That's uh, true. I mean, especially not. when you look when you look at my uh, if you look at my crypto portfolio over since January, <laughs> huddle, Nobody. huddle as we keep losing money. Yeah, yeah. keep holding on, you guys. <laughs> the Titanic's going down, but I got a bucket. I got a bucket. There's another one here from just another crypto chick who wrote, "Get your crypto news fix." Here you can both learn lots and laugh lots about the crypto space. It's all about staying bad. Travis and Joel keep up the good bad work. I appreciate all the effort you put into the shows. Thank you 
just another crypto check for appreciating that which we do for this crypto community. Oh, you know what? That to me is is one of the best compliments that we can get. I I do that to my kids is that, you know what? I appreciate your effort. You're not going to be great at something when you first try something, right? You know, like a lot of times people will tell, oh, little Jimmy, you're great. Oh, you're amazing. And then like, here's a participation trophy. It's like, no, it's like, you're going to suck at things. Most people suck at most things. There's just a few things that you're really good at, right? And one thing that you can control is your effort as you are learning and stacking your skills and you're learning new things. You can you can control your effort. You can't control what you know about new, though, right? You, but, but over time, if you keep giving effort, you can learn lots. And so to me, I always tell that to my kids. Hey, thank you for for your effort. I appreciate your effort. And guess what? My kids seem to try hard. So I like that. I'm going to make the effort to tell the audience about our sponsor. You know, we are not financial advisors, but if you are serious about working with a blockchain company and you want people who really know what they're talking about, especially in the realm of ICOs and blockchain development services, check out a new alchemy. They're a blockchain strategy and technology group specializing in ICO services. Shocker. They've also got a, a, a strategic partnership with a FINRA licensed broker dealer and Toro Capital. They work with them to offer an integrated solution for blockchain securities. And I think we're going to see more and more securities rather than, uh, than token offerings. Uh, so and Toro's got technology enabled investment banking and broker dealer services. And they're working with new Alchemy's blockchain tech and advisory service. This could be a game changer for companies that want to issue tokens in a regulated securities environment. If you guys want to check them out and we recommend that you do tell them bad crypto sent you go to newalchemy.io. I just want to commend you, Mr. Joel Kama, on your amazing effort right there. I did make an effort and I managed to say, words. And we had a great interview with our friend Jason Brink, and there were words. And I don't know that if it was great, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys decide for yourself. Let's talk about community, crypto, and all that goodness with Bitbender. Listen in. One cannot underestimate the importance of community building in the crypto space. In fact, you know, if you go back to the beginnings, which we're going to do as we turn back the time machine today, you'll discover that Bitcoin was is, is built by community. The whole point of decentralization is that you could have community build up these cool blockchain technologies, Mr. Travis, right? That's true, Mr. Joel Community. Ah, I see what you did there. Well, we have with us a gentleman who we met while we were in Davos, and uh, he is all about that crypto community. His name is Jason. Al Gore. Al Gore? <laughs> oh, he's all, no, he's all about that environment. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's all and about selling, creating the internet and stuff. Selling books. You know what? Al Gore... Uh, may have created the internet, but I made it cool. I agree. Uh, that that's not that's not true. Al Gore didn't create the internet. That's so uh, we have with us Mr. Jason Brink, who we met in Davos. Not Al Gore. He goes by the name Bitbender, and this guy's been in crypto for a number of years since 2014. He won the Bill and Melinda Gates Global Development Network Prize for a paper that he wrote on the use of blockchain technology to solve problems endemic to foreign aid. And he's been involved in a number of different projects, including Redcoin, Verge, XP. And most recently, he is an advisor 
for XP Chain alongside a multinational team from around the world. He is the one and only Jason Brink, a.k.a. Bitbender. He bends his bits. He doesn't break them. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Jason. Hey, guys. Thanks a bunch. How you doing today? Yeah, you sound really excited. Hey. I am. I'm hey. super excited. No, come on. Come on. That's not fair. Yeah, here, this, this, this gal will get you excited. Yay! There, she's Yay! excited. Okay. Oh, my awesome. gosh. Is I that better? Rejuvenated. I'm rejuvenated. Yeah, it was uh, great to, to meet you uh, eyeball to eyeball in uh, Switzerland. And you and I have spoken a couple times, and we're, we're glad to finally have you on the show. Maybe, like, give us uh, – put some more uh, meat on your history in the crypto space so people know where you're coming from. Meat on my history? Okay. Um, so, like you mentioned, uh, I've been involved in crypto for a number of years. For a long time, I followed it primarily academically which is is a little bit of a, a a sad thing for me because I would write about it, I would research it, but I wouldn't actually uh, buy anything, which again, very sad. But uh, I've been very heavily involved in the research end of things, looking at what's possible and attempting to find ways to stretch that to develop new and interesting technologies and solutions for the problems that we see around us today. Part of that has been joining teams. Typically speaking, what I've done is I've found projects that I think are interesting, got in there, started working with people, did everything that I could to build the community. Um, I think that that's one of the most important things, uh, one of the most important aspects of any crypto project is the community. And if you don't take care of the community, you lose everything. And that's been what I've been doing for the past four years now. Very cool. Yeah. And so I think that's when we, when we met you, you were helping build some community over there at XP, and you've done some other stuff with some other different project as well. So, you know, we had we've had now on Bad Crypto over 150 different ICOs and different crypto projects that you know are, are doing some really interesting stuff with blockchain. What would you say is the number one or so some of the top tips or just key things that it takes to to look at and, and, and strategize around building a community? I think that one of the most important things, and unfortunately, a lot of blockchain projects miss out on this, um, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking trash here, but it's it's really important that you engage with the community and you show them tangible results. We've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ICOs uh, over the past couple of years, and so few of them have actually released any new code, any new projects. You can look at the GitHubs for tons of projects and see that even though they're actively traded coins or actively traded tokens, there have not been any GitHub commits in years sometimes. And there's this interesting interface that has to happen between the development team and the community where the community gives feedback to the development team. The development team then turns around, gives code to the community. And the community can then, because many of these communities are very active, very technically competent, can then work with the development team to check their code, to make sure that the things are on track and to, you know, propose ideas and new solutions. And then in turn, push that back to the development team. And this, this cycle is the way that this is supposed to work. And I think that that's something that a lot of these teams miss because uh, they tend to look at things from a very abstract technical viewpoint, and they don't get the human element to what they're working on uh, into their project 
much, if at all. Maybe you could explain and kind of go back to rudimentary for for those of us that um, that might not quite understand how a community builds a code base. And, you know, like, let's just use Bitcoin as an example. You know, how does how how do people participate? And then how is it decided what becomes part of the actual code? If we wanted to talk about Bitcoin, let, let, let's let's break this into two pieces. Break it down. Let's talk about Bitcoin very briefly. Um, and then let's talk about the rest of okay. uh no, cryptocurrency, which is a very different thing in reality. You drive this conversation um, because you are the great bit bender. <laughs> uh, I don't know about great, but I'll do, I will do my best. So basically, I, th- I think that should be a tagline for you, by the way, bending bits, not breaking them. I, I like it. I like it. We can work with that. I, I'll give you credit for that one, Joel. I'll, and you can be the I'll, great bit bender because you're the only one. That, that, is, that is true, except no substitutes. So basically, let's, uh, let's look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin, uh, the reason that I say it's different from the rest of cryptocurrency is that when it was initially conceived, most of the people involved in the project were highly technical. Okay, so you have the, the initial code that's released, the other highly technical, you know, cryptographic people and programmers and whatnot that would go in there and look at it and, you know, make suggestions and basically um you know, look at the code and figure out how it can be improved and what different things need to be created in order to drive it forward. Then you have other things like forks and whatnot that happen, you know, later in Bitcoin Cash. And that, that's a whole other thing. But primarily the people dealing with uh, that with Bitcoin itself are highly technical. And the community itself tends to be, at least at the very, at the very beginning, highly technical. Then if we look at a lot of these other uh, altcoins. Okay. Um, a lot of people call them coins, right? Um, a lot of these altcoins, the people that are involved in these communities are less technical. There are still people who are technical. There are people who, you know, look at code, who can interpret code, who can make suggestions, but a large part of the community is made up of, you know, moon Lambo sort of people who are interested in the, you know, speculative returns on a project. And that is a community that has to be handled in a very different way from a highly technical, abstract community. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it, and I think the order is Lambo Moon, not Moon Lambo. Are, are you, you sure? Have to, you have the the Lambo is then the fuel that takes you to the you know this the Joel, rocket you could take to the moon. Joel, what are you going to drive on the moon? I'm going to drive the Lambo. No, you're going to drive your Moon Lambo. You can't drive a normal Lambo on the moon. Don't be. Ridiculous. I'm going to drive the tractor Lambo. Okay, okay, okay. Tractor Lambo, we can work that. I'd actually like to just take my Mustang to the moon. I'm happy with that. I drove a Lambo, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas, and it was fun. But, uh, you know, I'm good with just Mustang, when Mustang, when moon. Okay, okay. Then can you have a moon Mustang as well? I can. I will. Okay, okay. There you I don't go. know how you could fit into one of those Mustangs or a Lambo in a in a, in a astronaut costume. Because Tra- it's like... It's really, it's really hard to get in Lambo regular. And then if you have an astronaut uniform on also, that's going to be really hard to get in a Lambo. Travis, you and I can't fit in Lambos. We just can't. Uh, I have, I have gotten into a Lambo. It is not comfortable. Actually, if you're taller than 5'10", you can't really get in a Lambo because like scrunches your legs up again. You can't pull the seat back. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, 300 pounds or it doesn't matter. If you're over 5'10", you're done. You're not getting in a Lambo. I'm six three, four hundred pounds. I'm not getting in a Lambo. You're not getting in a Lambo, dude. You are the, the you are the Lambo. Exactly. 
<laughs> that was rude, Mr. Joe Com. That's fat shaming, and I don't approve of this message. The Bitbenders will be the first one to uh, to poke fun at himself, just like I'm the first one to poke fun at me. In fact, I'm poking myself right now, and I'm telling myself to stop it. I won't, though. I'm going to keep doing it. So does that make sense in terms of, of community and how, how things can be oriented and, and occasionally get off the rails, too, I suppose? Indeed, it does. Awesome. So we had we had Jimmy Song on um, earlier this week, and he was I talking about how all altcoins are shit coins. He did not sing. I was disappointed. He's a cool guy, though. He's a super, super, super he, smart guy. He is. He's got the best cowboy hat of anybody we've interviewed so far. Who's right? And uh, he, he only wears cowboy hats, apparently. And uh, and so he was talking about how it's it's impossible to have an altcoin that uh, is completely decentralized if it has a founder. And I was like, so, so you're building these pro- so the projects that you've kind of built, worked with, like with XP and now with XP Chain and some of these other ones, they're kind of distributed development. So there is not really a founder per se, right? So is it kind of completely distributed, or how, how does that work? There's there's a there's a couple there's a couple distinctions to be made here. Um, yes, uh, most of them are completely decentralized. However, there is typically one or two people who sort of anchor the rest of the community, right, and who take some sort of uh, administrative role. I actually, however, when, when we look at this issue, I think that they have been in the past very decentralized. That, however, will not work in the future. If we continue along the path of absolute, complete, and total decentralization, we reach this interesting point where it becomes impossible for a decentralized organization to interact with a much more centralized world. What we need, rather, is some sort of happy medium that bridges the gap between absolute decentralization and centralization, which is not something that most people want, right? The idea of having all of the power in, in you know, one set of hands is not ideal and is very uh, antithetical to what rest, the rest of the, the cryptocurrency community focuses on. However, you do need a degree of decentralization because you do have to work with the world and you have to work with businesses. And businesses are, to agree, to a degree, centralized. And so you have to have uh, the same parts that can communicate. So in my mind, what the ideal is, is a mostly decentralized organization with several centralized key points that are somewhat controlled via a governance structure, but that still uh, can communicate with the rest of the business and government world. So you're you're bringing this to life now uh, with the project that you're working on, XP Chain, uh, very community-based. Apparently, you've got people around the world working on this. Tell us what XP Chain is and then how you are you know, following these best practices for community growth. So with XP Chain, what we were working on doing is we're working on building something that is truly community-driven. Uh, most of the people who are in XP chain, most of the developers, most of the people who are in leadership positions, uh, know what it's like to be in a project that is either so decentralized that nothing gets done or so enforced to such a draconian degree that people don't want to do anything because you have one or two people calling all of the shots. And if you disagree, that doesn't work out well for you. So XP chain was conceived. Uh, as a response to this, to find that happy medium between both extremes. And so 
what we're working on doing right now, we actually have three companies set up around the world that are all uh, XP chain affiliated. We have one in the United States, we have one in Korea, and we have one in Japan. And we're also in the process, this is a more long-term thing, of setting up the XP chain foundation, which will be a, once it goes through the rest of the process, a 501c3 uh, charitable organization that focuses specifically on providing educational opportunities uh, for disadvantaged populations, um, specifically targeting uh, education for coding and things like that, because this has been a big challenge. And in fact, I think anyone in blockchain can tell you today, the biggest challenge is finding enough developers. And so what we're trying to do is develop a system that will essentially take a blockchain project that works to you know, support an economy, but then also use that to fund development and to fund education for the people who would otherwise not be part of this system. And the XP Chain Foundation is going to be run by a group of people from around the world uh, on a sort of consensus-driven governance model. We have to have titles and names on paperwork and things like that, but the actual way that it will be done is going to be through uh, electronic voting and whatnot. So it should be, the idea is to have it be a semi-centralized but consensus-driven community project. So, so Jason, so this, this, this kind of sounds like, uh, you know, like an ICO, kind of a spotlight, kind of a show that we normally do, but we're talking with you about the different things that, that's going on. You know, we met you in, in Switzerland, as Joel mentioned, you're a real cool guy, but this is not an ICO spotlight. This is not a sponsored segment. You're actually not doing an ICO, right? You, you're, you guys are going the, the route of doing an airdrop or something. How exactly are you guys, uh, uh, launching this thing? So one of the problems that we've seen in anyone working in blockchain projects, especially in the past three or four months, uh, has seen the absolute mess that uh, ICOs can become. I mean, we've seen the SEC issue subpoenas to 80 different projects um, just last month uh, for ICOs. And some of those were very, very, very legitimate projects. Um, we've also seen horrendous disasters of, you know, fraudulent ICOs and things like that. And basically, we, when we were thinking about starting this project, we thought about doing an ICO. Okay. And we thought about doing an ICO or coin swap or there are various options that we considered. But the regulatory attention that gets brought onto anything that is involves taking things from people and giving them something in return, you run into this giant question of, well, is it a security? You know, does it pass this test? You know, all of these things. This is an absolute mess. And it's going to be a long time before uh, this actually gets sorted out on a functional level so that blockchain can continue moving forward. Um, it's a little bit easier in the rest of the world, but in the United States, you guys know it's a nightmare right now. I'm sure you guys have done ICO spotlights. I'm sure they've been, some of them have been subpoenaed. Some of them have not been able to distribute tokens. It's a mess. So anyway, what uh, we've decided to do with XP Chain is to, instead of asking people for something, we've decided just to give them something instead. Okay. Nobody gets upset if you give them free stuff, right? So what we initially decided to do was to focus on the people who were holding uh, the tokens, the actual XP experience points tokens, and to airdrop to those holders, okay? 
this process. The technical details will be released later. But the idea is, is that people who hold XP will be getting XP chain tokens as well. Now, I want to be very, very clear, though, this is not a fork. None of the code that was used in experience points is being used in XP chain. It's completely... It's not a spoon either or a knife. No cutlery is involved. Zero cutlery. This is a 100% zero cutlery process. But we wanted to, because many of us came from the experience points community, and we uh, give experience points wonderful props for a lot of different things, but especially for bringing us all together and making us part of this giant global community. Um, And so it's kind of, if you will, in homage of this community, we wanted to do something for them with our own project. And this is where XP Chain was born. Because we don't want to take funds from anyone for anything. This project is entirely self-funded by the community, by the people that are involved in it. We have an amazing team of developers, uh, primarily in uh, Japan and Korea. And I actually just went to um, the office in Korea a couple weeks ago, and I'll be there in another two weeks, I think. And it's absolutely amazing to see these guys sit down and work and, you know, to to meet up in the conference rooms and to brainstorm. I posted a, uh, a Medium post about the trip about a week and a half ago, and it was just amazingly fun. And I have the utmost respect for all of these people. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful community. And we will link to your Medium account if people want to read um, your writings and, uh, and and rantings on blockchain space. So um, my last question for you is just uh, more overall in the the Bitcoin world. You know, of course, this year has been really rough on uh, Bitcoin and all altcoins. Do you, what do you see yes. turning the tide? Because uh, you know, at, at some point, the tide is going to turn. I mean, blockchain's not just going to go away. Um, clearly, it's here to stay. Yeah, yeah, no, blockchain isn't going anywhere. I think that what we're, we've seen cycles that are similar to this in the past. And what we're seeing right now is just a little bit of a bigger cycle when it comes to corrections. Unfortunately, a lot of the, well, I'm not even going to get into like the, the, the potential tether issue and, you know, the Mt. Gox sell offs and all of that stuff. I don't, I don't even want to touch that. But I think one of the things that happened with blockchain and specifically, we're going to talk about Bitcoin here for a second. Um, is that so much of the rise in price of the last year was driven by, you know, speculative FOMO from non crypto people. Okay. So you have, you know, mom and pop buying half a Bitcoin sort of thing because, you know, they're investing for their retirement. And this is what the cool new, you know, the cool thing that all the kids are doing. Right. And then, you know, it spiked in what was it, January? And then it has been on this horrendous roller coaster down since then. And I think that it's part of the news cycle issue. The news can only talk about something for so long before it gets bored and moves moves on to a new topic. Part of the rise in price was due to that because for a while that's all that everyone was talking about. And then, you know, it faded and in another few months I'm sure that, you know, it'll be talked about again. And I think when that happens, then you're going to see the, another gigantic pump in price. And, you know, here we go again. Although I think that in the future, it's going to be slightly different because there's an increase in institutional investors uh, in blockchain technologies as well. And they're looking for good entries and good exits. And so the trick is 
to figure out what their entry point is and get in just before that and get out just before their exit point. And um, you have to talk to some of the uh, Wall Street fintech types uh, on that. But I think that it's going to change things a little bit in the future. I don't think we're going to see too many more of the 10Xs sort of increases. Why not? Well, no, I think that you're not going to see it in Bitcoin. You are going to see it in altcoins as these things actually pick up use. I agree. Actually, the Cardano co-founder on an article yesterday came out saying that Wall Street will bring tens of trillions of dollars to crypto over time. So I I would agree with that. That's a lot. I would agree with that. 100%. I like tens of trillions of dollars. I'll I'll take ones of trillions of dollars. (laughs) One yeah. trillions. Yeah. If you get, take a few billion, billion really. Actually, a couple million to be good. Actually, if a few hundred dollars, actually, would be okay. A pizza, just a pizza, man. That's all we need. <laughs> maybe, just a, maybe just a pizza. That's good. So, anything else going on in the world of crypto that is, uh, you know, interesting to you or relevant uh, that our audience might need to know? I, I would, I would like to just put a couple. Um, let's 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 call them warnings slash reminders out there for people. Um, one of the things that I would really like to see people in the crypto space doing more is doing their due diligence on some of these projects. Um, before you go all in and fill your bag on something, actually go and look at it and, and look at it in detail. Look at the blockchain, see what's there. You can find block explorers for most of these projects and actually go as deeply into the project itself as you can and as your technical ability will allow. Because if you do that, you will discover some amazing, amazing, amazing things uh, and might not invest in projects. Sometimes you will because you'll discover that things are even better than they look. But um, you're going into their GitHub or where exactly are you going? Well, it depends on it depends on the specific project. So let me just let me just give you an example. There's this one project that a, a friend of mine is involved in. And it was originally conceived as a, a quote unquote high staking coin. Right. I mean, it wasn't like there's one called hyper stake or something. It's not that. Um, but it was a it was a coin that was supposed to stake at 950% annually, okay? Mm. And so my friend bought some of this and, you know, he showed me his wallet and whatnot. And I, as I was looking at it, I realized that it was staking at a much, much, much higher rate than that. So I actually, the, the original developers had created the project last September and had left the project by December. Okay, leaving leaving it there. So they left this little tiny nascent community and had, you know, bounced out and did whatever it is that they did. I don't know. Um, I don't even know who they are, actually. But this particular project supposed to be 950 percent. When I actually went back and looked at the Genesis block and I looked at, you know, the first proof of stake uh, blocks and whatnot and then ran that forward, the actual functional uh, percentage rate was 320,000 percent. And nobody had actually looked at this up until that point in time. Um, And it was really a problem because when I pointed it out to the community, what it functionally would have meant is that the community itself would have the the blockchain would have died in September because it would have hit its hard cap rather than having something that was supposed to be 950 percent and go for years and years and years. um, It was increasing exponentially and would have hit its hard cap. And so um Right now, we're actually in the process of fixing this issue. We've got some developers on board, and we're we're reworking it to make it so it's not nine or three hundred and twenty thousand um, percent. But mm. but that's something that if you if people do due diligence, they'll catch before they uh, invest money, and um, that would be in the best interest of the entire community 
because the more people we have actually looking at this stuff, the more likely it is that these critical issues will be caught and can be fixed before they become, you know, real problems. That is sound advice. And of course, we're always telling people here on the show, our listeners to do your own research. It's a very volatile space yes. we're in, and there's a bunch of people out there crying because the cryptos are down. And I bought Bitcoin at twenty thousand. You know what? You know, put on put on yeah. your big boy and big girl pants, and you know, and dresses and skirts and kilts and your big yeah, pants. <laughs> and and do your own research and be responsible. Uh, Jason Brink, Bitbender, thanks so much for joining us today. XPChain.io is the website for the new project, and you could find him on Twitter at That's It. I've had it. Uh, links in the show notes to Twitter and to blog as well. Peace, Jason. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a wonderful day. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. You know what? We met him, as we said, in uh, Switzerland, in Davos. And, um, yeah, really nice, friendly guy, very helpful, and really smart when it comes to building communities online. So, you know what? If you are, you know, I don't know if he, how, you know, if he's freelancing. I don't think he's freelancing stuff, but he's working with some different clients. So if you are looking for some strategery around building a community for your crypto site, probably not a bad idea to at least ping him. We've built a community. It's you guys, the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, and you are invited to come hang out with us to celebrate our first birthday. Oh, they grow up so fast, Travis. They say it's our birthday. Yeah, can you believe it? I mean, you know, here we are nearly 200 episodes later. Uh, and by our by our one year anniversary, it looks like we're going to hit our five million downloads. And that's just crazy to think what has happened in the first year. Crypto went up to 20, you know, Bitcoin went up to 20, almost twenty thousand uh, dollars. The whole uh, crypto market went up to eight hundred and forty billion dollars and then crypto went up and that's what all the way back down. So it's like we're, we're literally it's kind of like we're in uh, November of 2017, kind of. So it's like we kind of like got started over. But we have had such an amazing time talking to so many amazing people, so many great projects. We've talked. I mean, the thing is, is that we've had, you know, over 200 episodes, but we've had over 150 just conversations with companies that are doing ICOs. We've had like another 50 conversations alone with people who are really doing awesome stuff in crypto. And then I don't know how many times you and I have had conversations over this past year, but uh, we have said lots of words. We have, sure. and there's been much of laughter. <laughs> lots, of bad, lots of bad dad jokes, mm -hmm. which were both dads, but we're, we're not bad dads. And, and occasionally a, uh, a woman just coming in and screaming at us. Hey! I don't know what she's all about. Hey, you can leave now. But you guys are invited. Come to Denver. It's July Yay. 18th is the uh, the day, and we'll probably get started around happy hour. Uh, still haven't chosen the location because people are still signing up. And the week before, I will choose the venue, which we will be at. Travis will be coming in from Kansas City, and I'm already here in Denver. The venue will be somewhere in the downtown region. So if you're coming in from out of state, then just book a hotel anywhere downtown. It's going to be close. It's a small downtown. Go to badco.in forward slash birthday it takes you to a an eventbrite page tickets are free 
Okay, so we're not charging for anything because we're not buying you anything. We'll just have a venue there that you can come and hang with us and, and celebrate. And uh, whatever food and drinks are available at the venue, you can you know consume mass quantities of those to your heart's delight. But come oh, on out. Is getting drunk with Travis and, Travis and, Travis and Joe. <laughs> it's a really bad crypto podcast. You know what? We probably will record. Uh, with a portable recorder and talk oh my to God. you guys. Like, as, we, as, we get, right? as we get drunker through the night? Uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have uh, – you guys could actually be on a show because I'm sure we could take a segment from the, the party, and we'll also try to stream live from the event. Excuse me. Excuse me. Could you tell us how great we are on the recording? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's going to be great fun. Okay. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> If you don't want to wait for the recording to tell us how great we are, though, you could go to iTunes or Facebook or now Google Podcasts anywhere. Go review the show. If you write us a funny five-star review, we might read it right here on this very podcast. Yo. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. I just wrote my next book. It's called The Drunk Formula. That almost sounded a little bit like Ronnie Moass. Is, is you got to drink? Mr. <laughs> Mr. Travis Wright is practicing <laughs> his very best I stay drunk. No, stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Hey, Travis. Hey! Travis. Hey! Travis. Hey!